0: Would you pray with me this morning? God, we praise you for your presence. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here. Thank you that you wanna fill us, that you wanna move us, that you wanna soften our hard hearts. And God, I pray today, um, Lord, as we open your word, that that you would speak. God, I pray for the person who's here today, especially who just needs to hear from you, the person who feels far from you today. God, I pray that, that your timeless message today would speak to that heart. And so we give you this time, God, we continue to worship you in your word as we did in song. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen, amen. You may be seated, thank you. Oh, hey. Oh,
1: good morning, Brian.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness, it's finally done, is it? Done. Does that mean no more T-shirts, or can we oh, still do T-shirts? We, we can
1: still do T-shirts. Okay,
0: good, for the next 20 years. Yes. Yeah.
1: So in August, we had <laughs> Alpine had their um, 20-year anniversary, and we asked all of the campuses and all of the teams to provide us with a T-shirt through, from throughout the years, and we actually have some of the vintage wear jeans to, sh- to church T-shirts yeah, up there. Awesome. And we presented this to... Um, Tracy and Brian at our 20th anniversary, 20 t-shirts representing 20 years of Alpine, and unfortunately, I didn't have time to get it quilted, and Brian made his snarky comment (laughs) about how we gave him a quilt, and then we took it back, (laughs) and as much as Alpine likes their t-shirts, We had a really good time at the D Event Center, and yesterday we had a really good time at our harvest, but we are a church that likes to party. (laughs) So T-shirts and parties, that is the way to go, and yes, today you can take your quilt home. Thank you, Brian. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank
0: you. Hey, Chris and Tony, thank you. Thank you for your service. Thank you for... For, this is special. Tracy and I are going to cherish that forever. That is awesome. I've got, a, I've got the perfect wall at home that that's going to go on, so um, thank you guys so much. And again, welcome. If you're new here, if, you, if you're joining us today for the first time because you're at the Harvest Party, we're glad you're with us. We hope you'll come back. We're actually finishing, finishing a series today, uh, and then next week we're starting a brand new series that you were starting to hear about from me until my face froze on that awkward pose. And I literally walked in right to see that pose. That was, that was fun. Anyway, um, anyway, we're, we're glad you're here. And if you have a Bible, uh, you can open to Ezekiel in the Old Testament, Ezekiel chapter 37. If you don't have a Bible or a Bible app on your phone, that's fine, because I'll have the scripture up here on the, on the screen. But we're finish, finishing up this series called In Case You Missed It, where we've been looking at six... Uh, Today will be our sixth, we've been looking at six stories from the Old Testament that you might have missed that are interesting stories that are a little bit obscure, but there's, have you noticed there's just been like a twist in every one of these stories? It's been really fun actually for me uh, to see kind of where we've gone over the course of these last six weeks, and if you want to revisit any of them, if you want to take your small group or your family or your mentor through any of it, it's all at PursueGod.org forward slash I-C-Y-M-I in case you missed it Um, and so you can go look there in fact I've got it up on my phone right now and I'll I'll, uh, let me get it off the camera here Um, I've got it up on my phone there we go now I've got it up on my phone and so we looked at in week one we looked at the snake on a pole the story from numbers 21 where where Moses lifted up a snake on a pole in the wilderness so that the people who were being bitten by snakes just had to look at the snake on a pole which had to be the weirdest thing at the time. But now for us, those of us who have the, the New Testament, we understand what that was really all about. That was actually a what's called a type of Christ. It was a foreshadowing of Jesus himself, that Jesus was the snake on a pole in a sense, that he was lifted up on the cross so that if we would look to the cross, we'd be saved. So that was week one. Week two, we looked at Balaam and the donkey. We saw that God speaks through donkeys. Uh, Tracy and I, we just we just took... A trip down to Zion with her sister and brother-in-law. We came back up and we stopped at Scipio. Has any of you been, have any of you been to the Scipio stop? And you've seen the donkey. And, and God speaks through donkeys um, and maybe even Zonkies, I don't know. But uh, anyway, check that out if you need to. That was week two. You can also check out Scipio if you want, but the Bible story is even better. Week three, we talked about Samuel and the voice, how God spoke to young Samuel, and that message was all about how to hear God's voice. So, for those of you who are maybe in a place in your life where you're where you're trying to hear from God, what do I do next? What happens next? That was that was week number three. You can go check that out if you want to learn the lessons again from uh, that from the story of Samuel and the voice. Week four, we looked at Elijah and the widow. That was all about God's provision in our lives, how God loves to use people to provide for us. Um, and so God used Elijah to provide for the widow, and God used the widow to provide for Elijah. It was really a cool story, and that was in week four. And then last week we looked at maybe the coolest one of all so far, Elisha and the angel army. What I loved about that, if you were here last week, what we learned is that, you know, Elisha, there's this army that was coming to attack him, and his servant couldn't see what he could see. And what he could see was this angel army surrounding the Aramaean army in the valley and what I thought was cool about that I didn't really even remember this. I remembered the story, but I didn't really remember the end of the story that that the angel army didn't actually do anything. It was almost like God was just trying to remind Elisha and his servant that there's more than meets the eye. That his that his there's a spiritual realm that is that is very much as real as the physical realm. And so last week's message last week's message was about really kind of about prayer and it was about how to how to do spiritual battle. That was last week. That was a great message. And then uh, today we're going to finish up in Ezekiel chapter 37. And it's the story of Ezekiel and the dry bones. And what I want to do today is <clears throat> I just want to read this story to you because it's it, I can't even do it justice. I just need to read it to you. And I, I need you to know that we we did not pick this story for today. We did not pick this for Halloween. But there seriously could not have been a better story for Halloween than this one here. If you, do, if you don't know the story, you'll know what I mean here as we read it. This is really a Halloween story. And by the way, for those of you who are new to Utah and you're wondering why we have two Halloweens, I was just thinking about this this morning. I asked Tracy, I'm like, Tracy, what what are all the California people going to think when they came here and we had Halloween last night on the 30th? So if, in case you missed it, in case you missed it, here's what that's all about. Um, our Mormon neighbors love Halloween. They love it. It's, it's, I mean, we, we've been here for 22 years, and I've never seen people celebrate Halloween like the people in Utah can. They love Halloween, but they also take Sunday morning as a day for their families and, and kind of as a Sabbath. So whenever Halloween falls on a Sunday, they have a little bit of a conundrum, right? That ha- the last time it happened, I think, was in 2010. Uh, Halloween was on a Sunday, and so we celebrated it on a Saturday. Everybody knew we were gonna just celebrate it on a Saturday, and that was that. Well, 11 years later, we have so many newcomers to Utah that I think what, what we decided was we're gonna do Saturday and Sunday this time because of that. Does that sound about right? So the kids are the winners. The kids get to win. And so welcome to Utah. This is just how it is here in Utah. But anyway, it's fun. We're going we're gonna to celebrate again. Man, I got some weird neighbors who get into Halloween like, yeah. like nobody's business. Yeah, I can see some of you are here. Maybe my neighbors are here. And I'm telling you, it is crazy how much they celebrate Halloween. And so today's message is for you. If you love Halloween especially, this is a great, share this message with your friends, your neighbors who love Halloween. Cause this, I've never preached a Halloween sermon before and technically I'm not right now, but this is as close as it gets. Let's talk about Ezekiel and the dry bones. Ezekiel chapter 37, here's what it says. Ezekiel's a prophet and it sa- he says, the Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. Happy Halloween everybody. And it says that he led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor, and they were scattered everywhere across the ground, and they were completely dried out. And then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? And I replied, oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know the answer to that. And then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says, look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I'll put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life and then you will know that I am the Lord. And so I spoke this message just as he told me, suddenly, as I spoke there was a rattling noise could you imagine this this is well before halloween movies or anything like this crazy right like how how vivid this must have been to an israelite 2500 years ago hearing this reading this this is this is before movies suddenly as i spoke there was a rattling noise all around the valley and the bones of each body came together so they were separate bones not even skeletons just separate bones scattered and they came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons And then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones, and then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. And then God said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. And so I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies, and they all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. And then he said to me, Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They're saying, we have become old dry bones, all hope is gone, our nation is finished. Therefore prophesy to them and say, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. O my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And when this happens, O my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you, and you will live again and return home to your own land. And then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken And I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. Would you pray with me just one more time? Father God, I pray that you would open our eyes and open our spiritual ears to see and to hear what your spirit wants to speak into us today. God, I pray that we would understand what this prophecy, what this vision was about. And God, I pray that we would participate in the reality that it's describing pray it in Jesus' name, amen. This story, this vision, this message is for anyone who feels like you need spiritual renewal. If you feel dead, if you feel broken, if you feel far from God, maybe that's because you've, you're, you became a Christian a long time ago, but it's been a while, and you just feel like you've wandered away from him. And you're wondering if God is even interested anymore, if God even wants a relationship with you, or if you've blown it. Or it's for those of you who are new, maybe there's just this spiritual longing in you and you just feel like you're missing something, this message is for you as well. For someone who feels like you have no spiritual life, maybe you never have. Maybe you just feel like, yeah, I'm spiritually dead. I didn't even know that was a thing. This message is for you. Because the message isn't just this creepy story about Halloween. It's a message about you and me, and there's really three lessons we're going to learn from it. Here's the first one. God's heart for his people is renewal, not destruction. Some people get this idea that that God is this sort of scary cosmic deity that wants nothing to do with us. And if anything, he just wants to punish us. He just wants to destroy it. He's just waiting for us to screw up so that he could smite us. But actually, that's not the story of the God of the Bible. Over and over and over, we see this this God of the Bible who, in spite of the fact that his kids are rebellious, he just gives them opportunity after opportunity to come back to him. He's just got this incredible heart toward his people, even though his people, if you know anything about the Old Testament, and Ezekiel is written toward the end of the Old Testament after the people have just screwed up time and time and time and time and time and time, and time again. Ezekiel is one of the last prophets And even just his very own existence proves that God's heart is for renewal. Otherwise, he wouldn't have sent Ezekiel. Look at what it says at the beginning of this book, chapter 2, when God is calling Ezekiel. He says, son of man, I'm sending you to the nation of Israel, a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their ancestors have been rebelling against me to this very day. They're stubborn and hard-hearted people. But I'm sending you to say to them, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. See, God sent his prophets not to foretell the future, but to foretell his will for them. God's will for his people time and time again is articulated through his prophets. And here's his will. I want to be your people, or I want to be your God, and I want you to be my people. I want you to have a relationship with me. That's God's message. God's message isn't, you screwed up again, get out, I don't want to see you ever again. His his heart for them is renewal. I don't know if you've ever known a parent like this who is loving and forgiving and always giving people the next chance. Or maybe you know only the other kind of parent, the one who says, you've screwed up too much and I'm done with you. God's the first kind of parent. He loves us and he wants a relationship with us sometimes in spite of us. And the reason for that, part of the reason for that is explained in chapter 36. God said, I'm gonna show you how holy my great name is. That's why I wanna restore you. The name on which you brought shame among the nations. Now he's giving a little lecture to his kids. He's like, you have shamed me over and over and the nations nations now are ashamed of my name. The nations now feel like I'm a, I'm a God who's not worthy, a God who's not holy because of what you've done, kids. But look at what he says. He says, when I reveal my holiness through you before their very eyes, says the sovereign Lord, then the nations will know that I really am the Lord, for I will gather you f- up from all the nations and bring you home again to your land. So in essence, what God is saying is, I don't want to just show you who I am for your sake, I want to show you who I am for the sake of people who don't even know me yet. I want the whole world to know how gracious and forgiving and loving I am. And so that's why God wants to renew. If you're here today and you just feel like God doesn't want anything to do with me, I've screwed up too many times, I want you to know that that's not true. God wants a relationship with you. He wants to renew you. He wants wants to bring you back to him. And if you're here today saying, I don't know anything about him, but that kind of God I want to know, then I want you to hear today what your part in it is. Your part, according to this passage, your part in spiritual renewal is just simply to admit you have a problem. If you don't admit you have a problem, then you can't even get off the starting line. You can't even, you can't, there's no way you can have a relationship with God. The only the single requirement for you to have a relationship with Him is just for you to admit that you're broken, that you're a sinner, that you have a problem, that you're dead, that you're part, that you're those bones in the valley. Let's go back to that story, Ezekiel thirty-seven, eleven. Then he said to me, "Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel." And look at what the peop- what the bones are saying. This is the only thing we hear from the bones. They say, "We have become old." dry bones, all hope is gone. Our nation is finished. And that statement right there, we're broken, we're old, hope is gone, we're finished, that statement right there is the trigger that gets all the rest of it to happen. If you want to know what you can do to get yourself out of this spiritual malaise or wherever you feel you're, you are right now, you, if you want to know how you can rejuvenate your spiritual life, your relationship with God, it's just simply this, is you, you just need to say, I'm broken, I've screwed up, I've done it too many times. You just need to have that, that heart attitude toward God. And then he does the rest of the work. Isaiah, another prophet, said it like this, the high and lofty one who lives in eternity, the holy one says this, I live in a high and holy place, So that's making you feel like he's way up there and there's no way he wants a relationship with me. But look at what it says next. I live in a high and holy place with those whose spirits are contrite and humble. The humble, contrite people live with him is what he's saying. I restore the crushed spirit of the humble and revive the courage of those with repentant hearts. You know, in a culture that just celebrates arrogance, Strutting, you score a touchdown and you're strutting around, pointing fingers at yourself, seeing how cool you are. In that kind of a culture, God says, I love the contrite, brokenhearted. That's why God's a Bears fan. I'm certain of it. But, he, but God hates the Aaron Rodgers of this world. Mark my words, he hates the Aaron. That arrogant Aaron Rodgers, he hates those people. <laughs> Justin Fields lives up there with God Is what this verse is saying <laughs> Some of you are like I don't know who, what you're talking about right now Just football humor Pray for the Bears If, you, if, you're, if you're today If you're sitting here saying I, need, I want that relationship with God I want that nearness with God Again your part is just to say God it's all you It's, it's not me I just need your help I need you to do a work That only you can do and then here's the last thing you need to understand. God himself does the real work of spiritual renewal. I want to show you this, uh, this short test, video testimony. If it, if it I actually kind of hope it freezes because it's Pastor Mark, you know, and it, I had to freeze on the screen and maybe he can too. But you probably know his story, but just listen to it
2: real quick before we get into this last point. Well, when you talk about somebody feeling far from God, uh, I couldn't have felt any farther in my life. I grew up without having any kind of faith, and in fact, I was pretty oppositional to God. I wanted nothing to do with Him, um, wanted nothing to do with, with any, any type of faith in Jesus. And um, really, I was, I was hiding a life of, of sin and addiction, and things for a long long time um, and it wasn't until my life was pretty much destroyed by my own selfishness that I finally became broken enough that God could reach in and, and touch my heart and and offer some truth that what I needed wasn't more strength or willpower to overcome my brokenness but what I needed was to be broken so that uh, God could come in and rebuild my heart. And that's really what he did. I came to the end of myself and I admitted how lost I was, how broken I was. And when I started to uh, really give my life over to him, because I had nothing else, uh, God really did start to change me. He gave me a new heart and a new a new life. and And now I have new desires, I have a new way of, of life that I, I never thought would be possible. Um, he took my, my spiritual brokenness, he took a, a dead soul like me and, and made me alive.
0: You know, I didn't know, some of you maybe did, but I didn't, I didn't know Mark before he came to faith. But I, I've heard his story, Mark, and it's, I can't even envision who he was, I can't even picture that because of the picture that I see now. That's how complete a transformation God wants to make in your life. Again, some of you might feel like, man, I'm, it's over for me. God wouldn't want a relationship with me. If you only knew what I've done, if you only, if you only knew how, how far away from God I really am, then you would know that God wants nothing to do with me. Man, you need to talk to Pastor Mark and hear his story because God is done this amazing work and it started with Mark admitting he was wrong. It started with Mark humbling himself and he has that, he has just has a humble heart. And so I can see how God used that to rebuild him and restore him. But what Mark would say and what all of us would say who have come to faith in Jesus is that God does the real work. We don't take credit for the work in Mark. Mark doesn't take credit for it. Sharice doesn't take credit for it. God takes all the credit for it. Let's look at Ezekiel 37 again. There's there's six promises if you dig into it a little bit. And I I want you to see these just real quick. I'm going to list them real quick. God says this, I will put breath in you. He says that to the bones, verse five. He says, I will put flesh and muscles on you, verse six. I will open your graves, verse 12. I will cause you to rise again. I will bring you back to the land. And then in verse 14, I will put my spirit in you. Notice he doesn't say, hey, you take a really deep breath. No, he says, I'll put my breath in you. He doesn't say, hey, grab some of this flesh and muscles and put it on yourself. No, he says, I will put it on you. He doesn't say, hey, you bust out of your graves. No, he says, I will break you out of your graves. He doesn't say, get in a caravan, all you skeletons, and, and go back to the land that I promised your forefather Abraham. No, he says, I will bring you back to the land. Look, God does all of it. All of God's promises are centered on God. It's all about what God does. It's not about what you can do. And this is really what faith is about. It's about God doing this thing in you and for you that you can't do for yourself. And that's called the good news of the gospel. Because otherwise we would be filled with a bunch of self-made men and women patting themselves on the back, saying, look at how good I am. But no, instead we're filled with a bunch of men and women who are saying God did it all and it's all, all glory to him, all praise to him for for what he's done in my life. We are the dry bones, and God has restored us. God has made us new. And this is actually, this whole passage in Ezekiel 37, if you've been coming to Alpine for any length of time, you've probably heard me quote one of my favorite passages in the Old Testament, and it's in Ezekiel 36. And if any of this has sounded familiar to you, it's because... Ezekiel 36 says this, and this is what frames this whole vision. God said in the previous chapter, then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away and you will no longer worship idols. And I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. That's what this vision's about. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart that he referenced back in chapter two. He says, I'll take out that stony, stubborn heart, and I'll give you a tender, responsive heart. Look at what he's saying, I will do this. I will take out your stony heart. I will give you a tender heart. I will put my spirit in you, so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. This is what's happened to all of us. This prophecy was a prophecy about what God would do through his Holy Spirit for those who put their faith in Jesus. Here's how it works. Jesus did all the work on the cross. We learned about that in week one of this series, The Snake on a Pole. Jesus did all the work on the cross so that if we would look to him in faith and trust in what Jesus did on the cross and admit that we're broken and that we're sinners and that we're dead and dry bones, the Bible says that if we would admit that, then he he would make us new and he would put our, his Holy Spirit in us, which is what this prophecy is about. He'd put his Holy Spirit in us so that he would begin to move us to be new people. And this is what you see in me and in Mark and Sharice and in any other Christian that you see sitting in this room. It's the work of God in us, the Holy Spirit in us, moving us, breathing new life into us and renewing our spirits. And this is what Ezekiel 37 is about. And I want to close with a statement from Jesus that just perfectly goes with this story from Ezekiel 37. And who knows, maybe Jesus even had this in mind when he said these words in John chapter five. He says, I tell you the truth, those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death to life. And and I assure you that the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when the dead will hear my voice. Remember, God said, Ezekiel, speak out to the bones. And now Jesus is saying, I'm speaking out to the bones. The dead will hear my voice, the voice of the Son of God. And those who listen will live. If you're here today and you say, I want to listen today, I'm listening now, I'm listening right now. I feel like this message is for me. Maybe you're here today and you say, I feel like I'm far from God. I feel like I've wandered from God and I, I feel like I've slidden away from his will from my life, whether maybe you're a young person here today. You come with your parents every week, but you feel like, no, this is true and this message is for me today. Maybe, you, maybe you're, you're here with your spouse or you're here by yourself and you say, this message is for me. I've put my faith in Jesus, but I've wandered so far from him. I want you to know that, that if you're listening, God God wants to invite you back. He wants to to revive that Holy Spirit that he's already placed in you and he wants to give you another chance. Or maybe you're here today and you say, I don't know if I've ever put my faith in Jesus before, but I want to do that today. Then I want to invite you today. We, We finished our week one sermon with a sinner's prayer like this and I thought it'd be great to finish this whole series off with the same thing. This is just a real simple sinner's prayer. You can find it at PursueGod.org if you want to talk about it with, with your mentor, your small group, or your family. But it's just a really simple prayer that articulates this, this thing that, we're, that we see in this Ezekiel 37 story. It articulates this heart of repentance, this, this recognition that you're, that you're broken and you need God, but then it also articulates what he can do for you in his restoration. And I just wanna invite you, if you're here today and you feel like you're in either one of those camps I mentioned, maybe you just wanna recommit your heart to Jesus today, or maybe you wanna put your faith in Jesus for the first time, I wanna invite you to pray a prayer just like this with me. Would you just all bow your heads and close your eyes? And I just, again, I invite you, young and old, anyone, anyone who wants to, to pray a prayer like this. Jesus, I recognize I'm a sinner. I know that you died on the cross and rose from the dead so that I could have life. And I'm turning from my sin now, and I'm turning to you in faith. I trust in you alone to forgive my sin and to give me new life. Thank you for this free gift. And God, I just pray for the people in this room who prayed that prayer just as a prayer of renewal of rededication, God, I pray that you would put them on your path, God, that you, would, that you would revive their spirits, God, that you would give them a new hunger for you, for a relationship with you, a new hunger for your word, a new hunger for your people, and God, I pray that you would give them the new life that you promise us, and for those who are here today who've prayed that for the very first time, God, thank you for their faith. Thank you for the new life that is represented in this room today. And God, I pray that by your Holy Spirit that you would allow those new believers just to walk in the freedom and the newness of life that you promise in your word. Thank you. Thank you, God, that you love us and that you give us second and third and fourth chances. We praise you for your heart toward us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.